Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever virtual live show edition of Cult of Splat. I am your host, Taylor Bartle. And of course, with me, as always, is Kevin Nesgoda. Yo. So uh, originally, we were both supposed to be in Las Vegas uh, due to some circumstances beyond our control. Uh, Kevin was unable to make it, but I am still in Las Vegas. Uh, I've been drinking in the sun all day, so let's fucking party. Let us party. You know, I was taking the dogs out for a walk earlier today, and I I'm still drinking. Two, I saw these two ladies <laughs> fucking a polar bear. Um, yeah, we're gonna need golf shoes to get through this, and some rubber boots. We'll never get through this muck. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was saying before we went live, but I apologize for the sunglasses. I left my glasses down by the pool. Um, my girlfriend's bringing them back. They're not gone forever, but these are prescription. I need them to see what's going on. So here we are. To see this beautiful face of mine. Uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us for our first ever live show. Uh, this should be hopefully a lot of fun. And it's we're talking about a great movie. A movie that everyone that I've told we're doing about this show has gone, that movie? That movie's rotten? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hadn't seen this in forever until last night. Like I literally saw this like 20 years ago, right when it came out. Or over 20 years ago when it came out. And I also saw Leaving Las Vegas right about the same time. So I, ha- for about t- the last 10 years, the two movies kind of combined. <laughs> nothing and, alike. <laughs> and they're nothing alike. But I swore, I swore to God, like, Nicolas Cage played Benicio Del Toro's character. And for some reason, Elizabeth Shue was in this movie. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Am I tripping that? Oh, my out? God. I want that. I want that so bad now. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you, you mentioned, like, you know, we we're going to do that. And I, like, made a comment. Of oh yeah, that's like where Nick Cage got his Oscar. <laughs> I I love Nicolas Cage. He's so fucking ridiculous, and him as Doctor Gonzo would be it fits, right incredible. It's time for a remake. I'm not a huge fan of remakes, but let's do a fucking remake. Okay, so who plays who plays Raul Duke then? Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, he he plays he, the both. He does it both. Yeah, you know, we, we have the technology. It will work. Why not? Sure. He can also play the hitchhiker. <laughs> you mean Spider-Man? Yeah. Actually, let's forget, you know, um, not Toby Maguire, but uh, what's, what's new? Tom Holland. Let's get him to play the hitchhiker this time around. Just keep it in the family. Why not? Why not? So, uh, yeah, this movie is rotten, despite many people's dismay. Uh, it is a 49% critics rating on Rotten Damn. Tomatoes, but 89% fan rating. Yeah, that seems about right, because I don't know a single person who hates this movie or, you know, even moderately dislikes it. Uh, critics consensus, visually creative, but also aimless, repetitive and devoid of character development. Aimless, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It just kind of ambles along, but it's it's just a movie that's all about, you know, decadence and, and drug use. And so it's it's the story doesn't matter. No, it doesn't, you know. There we open up in a drug hallucination. Yeah. That's the story. That's that's the first thing. At the very beginning of the movie, we're already 
just knee deep in drugs. Yeah. Like, God, what was it? They gave a whole list and I don't even like attempt to mention it, but it was like 75. That's okay. I got, I got it. Okay. It's okay. I got it. Yeah. I, I know you have it. Yeah. yeah. You, you're the note taker. I, I always do this podcast off the cuff. Uh, directed by Terry Gilliam, Love written Terry by Terry Gilliam, Tony Grisoni, Todd Davies, and Alex Cox. Of course, based on a book by Hunter S. Thompson, who is basically the character that Johnny Depp is playing. He must have been a hoot to hang out with in the 60s then. And he does have a, a small cameo in this. Is that me? <laughs> there I am. There I am. God, Johnny, uh, Johnny Depp's voice just kills me through this whole thing. Uh, yeah. Dude, it's so good. Yeah. And like... Okay. Yeah. Should we jump into it? Or do you got something you want to say? Nope, I'm good. Let's do this. Let's jump into it. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Real quick. Uh, of course, IMDb short synopsis. An oddball oh, yes. journalist and his psychopathic lawyer travel to Las Vegas for a series of psychedelic escapades. That's yeah. one. That's, I think, the first time we've had a 100% accurate synopsis from IMDb. I mean, it doesn't really get into any details, but... It doesn't really need to, does it? It's it's pretty easy to get things right when you're just like, yeah, it's about drugs. Yeah, lots of fucking drugs. So many drugs. So uh, we open up with a black screen and the text, he who makes a beast of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man. Uh, this is a quote attributed to Dr. Johnson. I don't know if that's even a real person, but... My mom and grandma went to a Dr. Johnson. There's probably, I mean, there are probably Dr. Johnsons in the world. I don't doubt that. But as far as the actual quote attribution, I don't, I don't know. It could literally be a million Dr. Johnsons and we will never know who said it, which one. It's true. Yeah. We get a voiceover from Raul Duke played by Johnny Depp, who it like is basically, like I said, basically Hunter S. Thompson. And which in this movie, they also like they, he gets a, you know, jumping ahead a little bit, but he gets a hologram, a telegram, a hologram, a hologram. He gets a telegram for a Mr. Thompson. So I, I haven't figured out if Raul Duke is an alias. It has to be right. I, it seems that way. He, but uh, he says we were somewhere around Barstow on the edge of the desert when the drugs began to take hold. So like Kevin said, as soon as the movie starts, we're, we're knee deep in the throes of, of a drug. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Kevin? Drug addiction? No, uh, drug it's hallucination. Not, it's not really addiction. Yeah, it's a hallucination. Yeah, I guess it, is, it is a hallucination because Raul starts seeing bats everywhere. They're in bat country. And we see, we see him and his attorney, Dr. Gonzo, played by Benicio Del Toro. Not Nicolas Cage. No, unfortunately not in this cage. Uh, but they're flying down this desert street. Just nobody else on the road. They're the only ones on the road. But they're flying down the street in this red convertible called the Red Shark. Beautiful convertible. Yeah. Beautiful it's lo- yeah. But Raul says something. He says, I remember saying something like, I feel a bit lightheaded. Maybe you should drive. And uh, he starts you know looking around and we see in the reflection of his sunglasses where you can see my computer screen uh we see bats in his 
Yeah, so many bats. Straight out of the 90s CGI. Yeah, they're, they're not like realistic looking bats. No, they're just like blobs of black and yeah, like ink blots almost. Yeah. Um, and of course this inspired one of Avenged Sevenfold's greatest songs, Bat Country. Oh, such a good song. And of course, and, and a fabulous video, which is obviously inspired by this movie. Of course. Not like that goddamn monkey video you sent me. <laughs> Where's your head at? Oh, not on a monkey. <laughs> How much for the orangutan? <laughs> <laughs> but so Duke pulls over and he, he tells Gonzo that he's, he's got to drive. But he says, you know, I won't tell him about the bats. He'll see those infernal creatures soon enough. <laughs> he doesn't ever see the bats. No, weirdly. But so now uh, Dr. Gonzo is driving and they see a hitchhiker played by Toby Maguire, who is balding, but also has long hair. Yeah, he's got the um, he's he's got the pseudo Hulk Hogan going. And yeah, it's not quite full skullet, but uh, he's he got the comb over on top. Yeah, and it's blonde and thin and greasy. He, uh, God, he almost looks like um, the dude from um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, Otis. Yeah, sort of Otis reminds Driftwood. me of. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, but without like the giant beard. Without the giant beard, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird role for Toby Maguire too, because he wasn't like I think he did. I mean, like, this was pre Spider Man, you know, yeah. but uh, this was like Cider House Rules, I think, era for him. Uh, this was from 1998, by the way. I forgot to mention that, but God, yeah. So this is pre Superstar Toby Maguire. Yeah. But so I guess I think it's before they actually they pick him up that they when when he first pulls over and tells Gonzo to drive, he goes in the back of the car and he opens up the the trunk and he says that we had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high powered blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, also a quart of tequila, a quart of rum, a case of beer, a pint of raw ether and two dozen amels. They are ready for Vegas. Hey, that that is a that's, that's a weekend in Vegas. Yeah. So how much of that have you already gone through? Uh, the quart of rum. <laughs> <laughs> At least. I'm drinking a, uh, a Dole Whip with rum right now. Ooh. Gonna and it's it. fucking strong. That's Vegas. It's going to be cheap, cheap rum, but it's going to be a lot. Yep. Uh, so they pick up this hitchhiker. Uh, Duke like climbs into the back seat with him. It's very friendly. Yeah. Very, very friendly. Yeah. yeah. Puts his arm around him and starts telling him who they are. You know, that he's Raul Duke. He's a doctor of journalism. They're on their way to Vegas to cover this big race. The and he says, you know, this is, this is my attorney. Don't let his, what, he calls it a racial handicap. Cause he's Samoan. Yeah. And Samoans, Traditionally have hard heads, so they probably aren't very smart, according to also professional wrestling kayfabe. <laughs> um, yeah, and so like he like taps Dr. Gonzo when he's talking about him, and Dr. Gonzo like freaks out. 
starts like convulsing and swerving all over the road. He's like, don't touch my fucking neck. <laughs> He's got like a vampire bite on his neck too. <laughs> and, you know, obviously the hitchhiker freaks out. But Raul Duke says, you know, oh, don't, don't worry. This man has a bad heart, but we have the medicine. And he cracks open these amyls, gives Dr. Gonzo a big snort. And then he's like, and one for the doctor, takes a big snort himself. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way Johnny Depp sells this, where he like, takes a big snort and he goes, <laughs> like I'm wound up and relax. Uh, just these sound effects are so good. Oh, the sound effects and his facial expressions to the whole thing are amazing. But he starts having this inner monologue where he says, you know, like, if, if something happens with this hitchhiker, we'll just cut, cut off his head and bury him in the desert. <laughs> but then he's just like, did I say that? Or just think it? Uh, I, I can't fully express how good Johnny Depp's portrayal. Like, I, I know nothing about Hunter S. Thompson. I don't know how he is in real life, if this is the way he acts. But the portrayal that Johnny Depp does is just so entertaining. Yeah, it's so it's so much fun. You just can't take your eyes off him the entire time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Dr. Gonzo reaches back and he's like feeling the hitchhiker's head. And he's like, it's okay. I'm just admiring the shape of your skull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how the- fast that car was moving. I would dive out at that point. Like That's the most terrifying thing someone can say to you. Yeah. I would dive. I would just like, I'm going to take my chance with the pavement and 75 miles an hour of speed going below me at this moment. And, and he does. He like jumps out of the back of the car. Yeah. Smart move. Smart move. Yeah. Um, well, I guess before that, we get a bit of a flashback. While when Duke's talking about, you know, who they are and stuff, we get this flashback of them uh, in Beverly Hills. At a restaurant, this dwarf comes up with a phone and he's like, maybe this is the call you've been waiting for. And so he answers the phone, you know, gives a little, yes, hi, hello, okay, got it, thank you. And he tells Dr. Gonzo that they want him to go to Las Vegas and cover this race. And so Dr. Gonzo tells him, as your attorney, I advise you to get a very fast car with no top and drive as fast as you can. That's, that's a good attorney. My attorney would not say that. I don't have one, but if I did, I bet they would not say that. It's a, it's a strange thing for an attorney to say. It is. So they just bail. They don't pay their bill. They head out of there. We see the dwarf run after them. And as he's like chasing them, as they pull away, there's also this angel with a flaming sword. Michael? it's like never explained. That's it. It, It's just, you see it and then we move on, which is happens a lot in this movie. Yeah. Let's just not, you know, deal with things. Let's just go with what is placed in front of us and we will deal with it as it happens. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. So like I said, the hitchhiker bails and, uh, Dr. Gonzo gives Duke is now driving again and um, Dr. Gonzo gives him 
a bunch of cocaine. Actually, first he's trying to snort cocaine and he like goes to pour it on his hand and a bunch of it flies away. <laughs> and Duke's like, oh! <laughs> he gets so offended. And Gonzo goes, did you see what God just did to us? <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Nailed it. Um, man, I am all turned around here. Okay, it's 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 easy to get turned around with this movie. Yeah, especially if you've been drinking. Yeah, I'm doing mescaline all weekend. I I have not been doing mescaline yet. The week is still young, my friend. But we see him. You know, again in the flashback, we see him renting the red shark, and the guy's like telling him all the stats and stuff. And he's just like, "This is a really nice pen." He's just focusing on the pen. It looked like a nice pen too. Could have been a known block. He, he just drives away, and the guy's like, "You have my pen." Like, screw the car. I want my pen back. Um. Yeah, he's. This pen is, must be fucking magic or something. Like everyone's so focused on this pen. Uh, let's see. Where's the part where the hitchhiker runs away? So the hitchhiker runs away, and they decide they they have to get to Vegas before he gets to the police. Right. So they're again just flying down this desert road where there's nobody else. Sorry, it wasn't cocaine that he gave him. It was acid. It was acid, yeah. Yeah, and he tells him, you've got a half hour to get to Vegas before that shit kicks in. Yeah, half hour to get to the Met. As your attorney, I advise you to drive as fast as possible. He says, it would be a goddamn miracle if we can get there before you turn into a wild animal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he turns into a wild animal and then some. So they they get to the hotel, the Mint Hotel, which is not a real hotel, I don't believe. I don't think it ever was. And the race is the Mint 400. Yeah. I just think it's, you know, coincidence. This this part is so forgettable, but it's one of my favorite parts where he rolls up to the to the hotel and the guy hands him the valet ticket. And he just like reaches out real slowly and then grabs it really fast. Boy, and he's like, it's- I need this. What you exactly did to me when we went to Disneyland back in October. <laughs> I'm like, what the and fuck now, are you doing? Now you get it. Now I understand that I've seen this movie again. And the guy's like, I'll remember your face. Meanwhile, the guy's face is starting to like stretch and, and skew like the Black Hole Sun video. Yeah. At least it didn't turn into a monkey. <laughs> there is a monkey later. There is a monkey later. But first, there are lizards and eels. But Duke is like, Duke is like, there's no way of explaining the terror I felt. And I think this scene is part of the reason I don't do hallucinogenics. Yeah, like I've never like I've done um, salvia once, and I saw mountains in a living room, and somebody kicked them over, and that was enough for me. <laughs> Mountain face, <Hold> on. <laughs> Mountain face. <laughs> That's coming tomorrow. Like so they go to the they go to the hotel. Uh, Duke's got his his typewriter with him. He's carrying around, 
And I love that he's like, you know, telling himself his inner monologue is like, you know, just be cool, be normal. They don't know you're on drugs. And he walks up to the counter. And he's like, <laughs> just scream, <laughs> blams his typewriter down. No, his his recording device. And he's like, my name is Raul Duke. I'm here with my attorney, who is nowhere to be found. Yeah, like, Dr. Gonzo constantly disappears. Constantly disappears. He's there one second, gone. And then just reappears. You have no idea where he went. Yeah. What was he doing? Probably drugs. But he, you know, and and then Gonzo steps in, and he, he, you know, he starts telling the lady who they are and that they need a room and stuff. And meanwhile... Duke is looking around and the, the patterns on the floor are starting to just twist and turn. There's a guy on a payphone and like the pattern starts going up his leg yeah. and stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, he's just, he's tripping hard at this point. Yeah. Again, this is why I don't do hallucinogens. Yeah. And, and the receptionist's face is starting to, you know, stretch and skew. Her eyes are getting like farther apart. And yeah, they go to the side of her head eventually. Yeah. Uh, but Gonzo, you know, he, yeah. he tells her, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, she basically becomes an eel, a woman with an eel's head. Yeah. That happens in a second. Um, Gonzo just plays like every time one of them starts tripping, the other one just plays it off as he has a bad heart. Yeah. But so Gonzo tells her, you know, he has a bad heart, but it's okay. I'm his doctor. I have his medicine. It's not going to be an issue. Do not worry. I am Dr. Gonzo. MD. PDS. And that's, that, that's the point where, yeah, she's, her head turns into a giant eel, and Duke is literally just cowering. That would scare the fuck out of me, too. I would probably and run he's just like, me. <laughs> <laughs> that will not scare an eel. Uh, instead of going to the room and just you know, sleeping it off or something. They decide to go to the bar. Well, their room, their suite wasn't ready yet. That's why they had to go to the bar. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So they go to the bar and, uh, all these people are hanging out, drinking, gambling, whatever. And Duke starts seeing the floor, like fill up with this viscous fluid. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, we'll never get out of here alive. We're going to need golf shoes to get through this muck. <laughs> and then he, everyone in the bar turns into giant lizards and starts fucking. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of disturbing. You know, they reminded me, you remember that uh, sitcom back in the 90s, Dinosaurs? I think it was called Dinosaurs. Of course. Of yeah, course. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Um, yeah, it's very, like, it's, it's supposed to be terrifying, but at the same time, it's a little Muppety. Right. It's kind of Jim Henson esque, minus. The but they're also covered in blood. Yeah, lots of blood. So it's like they're covered in blood, and they're having an orgy. And Duke is just like, "We need to get the hell out of here right now." This is way too much. Again, why would you put yourself through this? Why would you do? This does not seem fun. Like doing this, like does not make like doing drugs seem fun whatsoever. This is like no. the best movie to like, this is why you don't do drugs. Like, right. Yeah. This, yeah. this movie is, uh, it's a, a warning. Yeah. Do weed, do some Coke if you want to, but the hallucinogens. Yeah. Stay away from those. Just be prepared. 
You're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Things are going to go south. I know you want to escape reality. Your life might suck, but don't do this. Things will happen. Bad things will happen. So they finally get up to their, their room. Duke is watching the news. He's watching this report on Vietnam. And he sees this, you know, he sees this Buddhist monk that sets himself on fire. And he's just, just all these horrific things on the TV. And he, they start, you know, projecting onto the walls. In his mind, obviously, not really. Because he's right. still tripping hard. Uh, really cool shots for this. Really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the bellboy comes in. And he's got four club sandwiches, four shrimp cocktails, a quart of rum, another quart of rum. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, in typical Johnny Depp fashion, the rum is gone. Yeah. We get, we're at a half gallon for those keeping track at home. Um, it's funny, like, when, when Duke walks, he does a lot of, like, you know, animated things with his hands and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when, when I was watching this with my girlfriend, she was like, so this is just kind of like the beginning of Jack Sparrow. <laughs> this is the tale of Captain, of Jack, Captain Sparrow. Jack Sparrow. I love that song. So, it's such a good song. I got a killer hook. All right, let's lay it down. You have Sasquatch on your beer. I do. I have Yeti, Great Divide, um, Imperial Stout. It's quite quite delicious. Colorado, right? I believe so. Yeah. Denver, Colorado. Using that Rocky Mountain water. Uh, But yeah, the bellboy brings them, like I said, four sandwiches, four shrimp cocktails, Quarter rum and nine grapefruit. Yeah, grapefruit is pretty prevalent for this, but after they mentioned like shrimp cocktail, I wanted a shrimp cocktail so badly. Shrimp cocktail is good shit. It is good shit. Love shrimp cocktail. Still want one. Gonna have to fix that. Uh, so their their photographer arrives. He's not Duke Portuguese. was told he was going to be Puerto Rican. No, Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah, and it's it's a white guy that shows up. So the first thing Duke says to him is, you're not Portuguese. Yeah, Portuguese can be white. You know, maybe a little off-white. True. Um, hello, Tony. Tony. Can you see the comments, Kevin? No, I cannot. Oh, I Tony just that? said dicks, dicks, dicks. Because, you know, that's what Tony does. Oh, well, fuck you, Tony. Thank you for showing <laughs> up. Uh... Yeah, so this cameraman, as as he's talking to them, he's talking to Duke, and he says, you know, did you see the check-in for the race? Uh, oh, apparently people can't hear you, Kevin. What? <laughs> Probably because I had you muted. Um, yeah. Oh, I'll just have to deal with the echo in my, in my headphones. That's fine. Okay. Is it still echoing? Yeah, but it's fine. Tony, can okay. you hear him now? So, uh, Lacerda, the photographer, he's, you know, he says, did you you see the check-in? And he's naming all these bikes, like Kawasaki's and Toshiba. Huskavarda. yeah. (laughs) Toshiba is uh, not right. (laughs) Sony. Verizon. Wait, no. (laughs) Motorola's. Ericsson. Marshall's. So Duke is just imagining him as this soldier, mm. um, you know, because he's watching all these um, Vietnamese or, you know, Vietnam War clips and stuff. So he's, he starts tripping and thinking he's the soldier 
yelling all these all these Japanese words. Uh, Yamahas. There we go. There's another one. Yamaha. Yamaha makes everything. I think my mom used to have a Yamaha hairdryer. And then she had a Remington hairdryer that makes guns. Yamaha does make everything. Like They make they guitars make and, and electronics and motorcycles. Yeah. I think they used to make, I think they make cars too. They're just not here in the US. That's I that's probably true. But so since Duke's being uh a, a fucking weirdo, Lacerda, the photographer, is just like, all right, well, I guess I'll see you guys in the morning then. He takes off. Yeah. So he was smiling the entire time too, and it was really creepy. It really weirded me out. That guy's just- He's kind of a weird guy. Yeah. All photographers are. But nice. He's nice, though. Yeah, he's very nice. He just was not prepared for, you know, Dr. Gonzo and uh, Duke. I mean, who could be? Not in that situation. So the next day, they somehow they wake up on time, bright eyed and bushy tailed. I, I don't know how they did it. I do not. They head to this race that's just in the middle of the desert. And, uh, you know, Duke goes into the press tent and he's in there talking to this guy. And there's people, there's guys in there playing cards and just kind of hanging out. And then also they're just like, oh, shit, the race is starting. (laughs) And so they all got to run out. They watch guys, you know, just kind of take off. But every time one of these waves takes off there's just a massive cloud of dust and it gets worse and worse and worse it's like a sandstorm eventually yeah like it never settles before the next wave goes like you hear all these bikes taking off and you just can't see them right so eventually duke goes back into the tent he gets a bandana and he like cuts a hole in the bandana so his little cigarette holder can still he can still smoke (laughs) out of it and he's got this beer that's just, it's just, you know, a big glass mug like you'd see on Cheers or something. Right. And he's trying to like, you know, keep his hand over it so that no dust gets in. But there's dust just everywhere. It's like 9-11 where they're at. Uh, but so he goes out there and uh, Lacerda pulls up and he says, hey, I, you know. I got some great shots. We we got to stay on the on the racers. So hop in. He's in a jeep, dune buggy thing, and so he gets him with them, and they're driving along. And he's again. Duke starts. I don't think he's on drugs at this point, but he starts having these like Vietnam flashes. Was he like? I I assume he's like has PTSD from Vietnam. Like he did at least a tour in Vietnam, right? It seemed that way. I don't right. know if they ever explicitly said it, but it definitely seemed think, that way. Yeah, I don't think they do, but it's heavily implied. At least to me, I thought it like, oh, obviously Duke, ha- you know, spent some time in Nam chasing Charlie in the trees, doing with rockets. Yeah, but he, this other Jeep pulls up, and in his mind, they're they have like big mini guns on the back of the car and stuff. Um, yeah, I think they had an RPG too. Yeah. Like Richard Reilly is driving. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I did not. Yeah, Richard Reilly's the driver. Oh, nice. I love Richard Reilly, man. He's amazing. Another guy. Who's yeah, they're, they're like, sorry, say again. 
he's another guy who's in a lot of things and you just like see him about. Yeah. He made a million dollars. He did. And then said, <laughs> but so they're just like, you know, what, what outfit are you with? And he, in, um, <laughs> sure. As Tony has pointed out in the comments, Duke is never not on something. <laughs> Good point. Thanks, Tony. But they say, what outfit are you with? And he thinks it's, you know, like a military thing, but he says, you know, uh, sp- sporting news. <laughs> sporting news is just... good. They suck now. <laughs> and there goes our sporting news sponsorship. <laughs> That'd be a random sponsorship. <laughs> Cult is flat, brought to you by the sporting news. Sporting news. We don't write shit anymore. We just steal it. <laughs> But Duke gets fed up with all the dust and everything. And he's just like, I don't know what, what the fuck we're doing. Like, this is just a waste of time. Lacerda is like, no, we have to stay on. We have to get constant coverage. And Duke's just like, you know what? You're fired. Done. I just want to drink my beer in peace. So he jumps out of the car. Lacerda and the, the driver take off. <laughs> Duke goes to drink his beer and it's just sludge. It looked like wet cement when he poured it out. Yeah. It was no, no bueno. So we cut to, assumedly later that night, Duke and Gonzo are driving down the strip in the Red Shark. God, I love that car. I want that car. Uh, And they go to the Tropicana, which is actually where I'm staying. Yay! Um, they go to see, uh, oh God, who was it? Um, somebody is performing there. Debbie Allen. Yeah, it was Debbie. Allen. No, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Thank you. Um, but like they roll up and Duke pulls onto the sidewalk and they go to get out and the guy's like, you can't park here. Why not? It's just not a reasonable place to park. He's like, reasonable? You're on the sidewalk! Fuck. He still just tosses, gets out and tosses him the keys? Yeah, they just get out and just like, oh, Debbie Reynolds. Seems like a hot ticket. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go see her backstage. So they go into the casino and they go to see Debbie Reynolds. But it's sold out. And so the guy tells him, you know, they can't come in. But then... Gonzo pulls the guy to the side. We don't know what's said. No. We just see him talking to the guy. Finally, the guy agrees to let them in as long as they stay in the back and don't smoke and don't cause any trouble, obviously. Right. Uh, and I counted, and it was seven seconds before the doors burst back open, and they're literally carrying Duke out. <laughs> <laughs> there was no cuts. There was no, like, you know, Nothing that said 37 minutes later or anything like that. It was just like in doors close. Beat, seven beat, seconds beat. out. They come. Yeah. And they're, they're shoving Gonzo out and they, so they throw them out onto the street. And so now they go to circus circus, which like I haven't been, I haven't been to circus circus, but if this is what it's like, then I don't think you need drugs for this to place to be a fucking oh. nightmare. 
Oh, fuck no. Circus Circus, they've updated it. It's terrifying now, but, you know, it looks a little bit different than it uh, did in the movie. But Jesus fucking Christ, it like I'm not afraid of clowns, but that place makes me afraid of clowns. Yeah, like the, the entryway is a giant clown's mouth with pointy teeth. It's like it. It's it. Yeah, it really is. The Tim Curry it. The best it. And Gonzo says, you know, where where's the ether? The um the acids where are the acids not working or something. And Duke says something about, you know, like the nothing compares to the man in the depths of an ether binge or something. And so they start snorting ether as they're walking into the circus circus. And good Lord, like I said, <laughs> this place is a nightmare. There's like carnival games. Um, and there's a um, bar on a carousel in the middle. There's a chimpanzee who's, like running one of the games. I think it was the chimp from, uh, or the monkey or whatever it was from um, anyway, any which way, but loose. <laughs> yep. The same goddamn monkey. But so they go to this carousel bar and Gonzo just starts freaking out. He starts losing his shit. And so, all of a sudden Duke has to be the straight man. And he's just like, you know, we, we got to get out of here. They're going to call the cops. And so he jumps off the carousel and Duke is just, or uh, Gonzo is just like, make it stop, make it stop. And he's like, it's, it's never going to stop. You, you just got to go quick. Like a bunny. Like a bunny. So finally he gets Gonzo off this thing. Another line that I love to use, especially, you know, this weekend with people on the streets, one of the guys is trying to hand him something and Duke's like, nothing. I want nothing. <laughs> Do you say it with that voice too? Uh, usually. Yeah. <laughs> Had a guy, you know, trying to hand me a CD yesterday. And I'm just like, Egg, nothing. I want nothing. But I will take that prostitute flyer. <laughs> hey, cheese. I have some plans for us later. You have $80 <laughs> in cash. Again, there's all these carnival games. All of a sudden, the chimpanzee is now wearing a KKK hood. That's a racist monkey. All monkeys are racist. <laughs> Penn from Penn and Teller is trying to get them to pay to have their likeness 200 feet tall above the Vegas Strip. That would creep me out. Um, but yeah, so finally they, they get out of the circus circus, head back out into the street. And uh, Duke like wants to leave the country at this point. He's ready to go. He, yeah, that ether took him to a place that is unimaginable. Yeah. Um, Those goddamn. Get, <laughs> uh, let's see. They get back to their room, right? Is that where we're at? Yeah. Is this the part where he starts talking about the girl? Yes. Not Lucy. So the, yeah. Yeah. Gonzo starts talking about this girl and he says that um, Lacerda, you know, has her. He's, he's up there with her in his, in the room right now. And we see this flashback of them in an elevator and they're talking to this reporter who's played by Cameron Diaz. Just randomly. 
yeah, quite a, a random cameo. I don't know if this was this was after the mask, right? It was the yeah, this was post mask, and I think it was post something about Mary. So she was someone at this point. Yeah, she was definitely a leading lady. Um. Yeah, and so he, he, you know, she says, "You must be a writer to get to Gonzo." She's like, "What do you ride?" And he's like, "You know, the, the big fuckers." <laughs> Duke steps in and kind of starts helping him, but he's he's just kind of tripping, and Lacerda kind of giggles at him, and so he pulls out this knife on Lacerda, and he's just like, you know, threatening him. He's like. <laughs> Slapping his elbow like he's gonna elbow him across the face or something. Why? Yeah, with a knife in his hand. Yeah, that's a nice you know across the throat slashing motion. I assume. Yeah. Not that I've done. And so now Gonzo is just he's furious and he's tripping, and so he he now he has this hunting knife. He pulls out this giant ass hunting knife. Duke's like, where the hell did you get that giant fucker? He's like, uh, room service brought it up for the limes. Duke's like, limes? What limes, man? There's no limes. You should ask room service to bring you a knife to cut the limes. (laughs) And see if they bring me a giant ass hunting knife. Let's see if Vegas delivers. And just be like, I want a knife. You know what I mean. But so Gonzo gets in the bath and shit, Duke left. I don't remember where he went. He went somewhere. But yeah, he comes back and Gonzo's in the bath and he is Mostly he's, suited up. Yeah, he's got no pants on, but he still has a jacket and a shirt on. And a tie. He's got his tie. He, yeah, he pulls the tie off while he's in the tub. And he tells Duke that as soon he's listening to White Rabbit which is a classic song. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows White Rabbit. But he tells him, you know, as soon as it, the song gets to its peak, I want you to take that radio and throw it in this tub. And Duke's like, good God, man, that'll blast you right through that wall. That's what he wanted, though. And so he's, he's holding up the radio as the song's playing. And when the song starts to peak, he takes a grapefruit pegs gonzo in the head with it runs out smart move yeah locks him in the bathroom also smart move they had like 20 fucking room cart trays in that goddamn room yeah every time every time room service comes they like make them leave and leave the cart and they're like he's like i need the cart the cart has to come with me they're just like get the fuck out yeah leave uh, so Duke falls asleep under a mattress, like in between the mattress and the um, box spring. It happens when you're in Vegas, I assume. Sure, I haven't done it, but you know, maybe the way you're drinking, you'll probably find out later. He's on empty. Linus, fill his drink. <laughs> Thank you, Linus. Thank you, Linus. The Kennedy package, sir. But so he wakes up the next day and he's got a Z in his forehead, which Gonzo had talked about just carving a little Z in his forehead. I could, it didn't look like it was carved. 
though. Yeah, I don't know if it was like supposed lip- to be. I think it was just lipstick. It looked like lipstick to me. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was ketchup yeah, it was like or something. Like some sort of makeup. It might have been ketchup because they had ketchup on the walls at this point. Uh, A lot of ketchup. But so... Um, Duke takes off and uh, as he's flying down the road, he, well, I guess first, okay, let me back up. As he's trying to leave, this guy stops him, tells him that he has a telegram. This is where he says, you know, it's a telegram for Mr. Thompson. Who? He says, you know, we, we checked our records and we don't have any record of Mr. Thompson, but the telegram is from Dr. Gonzo, which is strange because we thought he was staying here with you. He's sleeping. Yeah, Duke tells him he's sleeping, but he says, you know, it's a, it's a code. Us reporters often use code. It's, the telegram is actually for Gonzo from Thompson. And so finally he convinces the guy to just leave him alone. He's, even though he's got just all kinds of shit, including all of the grapefruits in the back seat, Like 30 t-shirts couple cases of beer where he got the beer i don't know because i thought they went through it all yeah and is it just so he t- it was opening a beer back in like the 60s such a pain in the ass yeah it really was it was like like opening a can of soup or something yeah that's like you had to take out the whole tab and like you had to have like a breathing hole on the other side so it actually came out annoying but so he takes off Bails on the um, on the hotel bill. Yeah, they had like seven hundred dollars worth of room service. Which yeah, back in the sixties is quite a bit. I mean, you could do that in a weekend now easily without like trying, but like back in the sixties, that's an effort. But as he's flying down the street, this cop starts following him, lights up the lights, and uh, <laughs> Duke says. You know, through this inner monologue says that cops don't want you to pull over. They want to chase you. <laughs> Especially nowadays. Uh, yeah, I, Don't try this. Yeah. Do not do this. You will get shot. Multiple times by multiple policemen. But so finally he pulls over after he like does this pinpoint turn, pulls off into this little rest area, viewing area thing. And the cop, played by Gary Busey. This is right up Busey's alley, too. <laughs> Pulls him over, looks in the back of his car, and for whatever reason, doesn't just immediately arrest him. Should have just arrested him. But he tells him, you know, that you were, he says, I, look, here's what I want you to do. As of 12 o'clock, what I'm going to write in my report is that I told you to go to the next rest area about two miles, two and a half miles down the road pull over and take a few hours long nap. And Duke is like, well, you know, he's trying to get to Baker. I hear it's really nice. He's like, ah, not my jurisdiction. He's like, you think you can make it? And Duke says, you know, I just really wanted to go to Baker. World's largest miners in Baker. Finally, Busey lets him go, tells him to go uh, go to the land crab and get seafood. <laughs> Again, why he lets him go, I don't know. But he's like, do you think before you go, I can have a little kiss? 
<laughs> I'm very lonely. <laughs> Next thing we see is Duke driving down the road. So we have no idea if he gave him the kiss or not. I, I, I assume so. I'm going, I'm going to assume so. But he drives right past the rest stop. Gets into Baker, which is just a shithole. It is a shithole. It is still a shithole. Like I said, the only thing in Baker is like a Pizza Hut Express and the world's tallest thermometer. (laughs) Really? Yeah, that's it. But who should Duke happen to see in Baker but Tobey Maguire? Goddamn Spider-Man is following him. (laughs) So he throws it in reverse backs up, goes and gets on a payphone, which is in the middle of just like, a it looks like fucking guy. mad. It looks like Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. There's like flaming piles of tires and cars um, are smoldering. It's, it, it, it's something. Yeah. Uh, Tony says Baker is a fucking dump with the biggest goddamn crows I've ever seen. That's accurate. Yeah. That's accurate. They're like bigger than ravens. It's weird. And there's like a cool ghost town not too far from Baker. Like Calico, I think it's called. And it's also, there's like a town called like XXYZZ or something like that. Or ZYXXY. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah. So he gets on the payphone and he calls Dr. Gonzo. And Dr. Gonzo tells him, you know, what, what the hell are you doing in Baker? You were supposed to stay in Vegas. And so he's like, oh, you know, just uh, just kidding. I'm actually poolside right now. But, uh, you know, don't come here. <laughs> <laughs> so he heads back to Vegas. Although he gets a new car. He gets a white convertible now. Not as good as the red one. Not as good as the red one. Yeah, but I mean, the red one was trashed. Well, not only that, but it was also uh, incriminating at this point. True. If he's going back to Vegas, he can't very well go back in the car that he drove away in when he skipped out on the bill. That's true. Vegas in the 60s was not as big as Vegas in 2022. So he goes back to Vegas, goes to the hotel where he's supposed to meet Gonzo, goes into the room. I guess actually, you know, he wasn't supposed to meet Gonzo. Gonzo told me he had a room for him. Right. And so he goes into the room and Christina Ricci jumps out and bites him on the ankle. It's not a Vegas trip unless that happens. It's happened to me twice. <laughs> uh, Lucy, right? Lucy. What's her name? Lucy. Yep. Big Barbra Streisand fan. Yeah. Lucy uh, loves to paint Bar- Barbra Streisand. And so that's why she's in Vegas is to to give Barbara some of her paintings. You know Barbara's going to love that. Barbara thing back in the 60s? Oh, absolutely, man. What the fuck? She's that old? Um, I mean, yeah. No, that's probably, you're probably right. But all of a sudden, Gonzo comes out, and he's dressed like a monk or something. He's got yeah, this crazy he's, uh, outfit on. Yeah, like what are those things? Um, those people that like used to like give out flowers at the airport. I can't remember the names of it, but like, yeah, um, that's what it remind me of the 
the Hare Krishna? Hare Krishnas, yeah. Yeah. But so uh Duke pulls Gonzo out of the room and he's just like, you know, what's uh what's with the Chris Hansen action going on in this room right now? Like <laughs> Why don't you sit down and have a lemonade? Like, I need to talk to you. <laughs> Turns out Lucy is like a, like a Jesus freak though. Yeah. That apparent, I, I mean, Gonzo must have tainted her with his octopus ink at this point. It didn't take him very long. Cause she I mean, if she's like jump. Yeah. If she's jumping out and biting Duke on the ankles, then definitely she's, she's gotta be on something. Right. Oh, for sure. I don't know. Oh, almost definitely. Yeah, Christian in 2022 America might do the same thing if you were trans in Texas. Or Alabama. Or Arkansas. Or any of those stupid states. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. Um, Duke uh, he's he's trying to get rid of Lucy at this point because she's apparently underage, and Duke is concerned that the police are going to come looking for her. And so he's um he's talking to he's, he's talking to other hotels trying to get her a reservation, and so he he tells Lucy it's time to go meet Barbara. And so they load up all her paintings in the card, kind of. A lot of those paintings are on cardboard. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Lucy's obviously not very well off. She's clearly painting on just anything she has. Yes. Terrible. So they load her paintings into the back of a cab, send her on her way. Never to be seen again until later. Uh, Duke says, you know, maybe, maybe tonight we should kind of take it easy. Uh, cut to <laughs> <laughs> back to the hotel room. They're taking a bunch of mescaline at this point. And uh, is this when Duke gives him the adrenal gland stuff? Yeah, that you have to take from a live or human. Gonzo, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, this is uh, apparently what Q thinks all the Democrats are doing is taking all this adrenochrome from live human children and Ronald try just yeah man I'll just try about anything but I'll never never in hell touch a penal gland <laughs> Ronald takes some and just starts absolutely tripping he's like just take Obviously. a little bit you only need a you only need a taste only need a taste and he does too much. He does a whole fucking bottle. Did he do that much? Yeah, he, he like he starts off with a drop, and then he made a noise that freaked up my dog. And <laughs> when he's doing the ba 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 ba, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Pogway don't like that. Um, and then he just like keeps doing it, keeps doing it. Then eventually he's just fucking drinking it. Like five minutes later. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. And he starts having these visions of Satan. Yeah, and like eight boobs on the back of Dr. Gonzo and they're all hairy and gross. 
Um, yeah, so they're tripping on that shit. Um, Charles says, what was with the tongue flicking shit? <laughs> I mean, I guess, Charlie. you know, when you're, uh, when, when you're that high, <laughs> you have no control over your bodily senses and bodily movements. And no, especially if you're doing penal gland bullshit. Yeah. You're, I don't know if I'm going to try that once, Chuck. Sorry. I'll just stick to my 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 uh, wine and marijuanas. Sure, yeah. And, and crack cocaine. What was that? And crack cocaine. <laughs> Kevin goes on welfare. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like like chicken wings, but no, you want crack. I want crack. I can go for some chicken wings. Uh, the maid comes in to clean the room. And <laughs> pulls a microphone on her that looks like a gun. Yeah. And and uh Donzo's just like screaming at her. Just nonsense like, too. Yeah. He's like accusing her of being part of some kind of conspiracy or something. Yep. And then the cops and they're there for a big stakeout or whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the for the second time they've just destroyed this suite. It is. There's, yeah, yeah. They have a swimming pool in the middle of it, and Johnny Depp has fucking waders on and a tail of a lizard somehow. <laughs> he smashed yeah. the mirror with a fucking hammer. They have a U.S. flag up on the wall and like mirrors too, covering ketchup and mustard and yeah. Oh man, I almost i i skipped one of my favorite parts. Uh-oh. Like before they before they take off on the way to Vegas when they're on the beach, and Gonzo's got that huge like Vuvuzela looking horn. Oh right, and Duke's got the American flag and he's just like. He's wrapped around his shoulders and he's doing the swim move while he's kneeling on a rock. It's so weird. There was no point to that scene other than just being fucking weird. I wonder if Terry I mean, Gilliam did as much drugs to shoot this as he did while filming Monty Python sketches. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I mean, you kind of had to just to get the vibe of it. Right, right. Yeah, because th- you could not do that movie sober. I couldn't do that movie, so- movie sober. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to kind of skip ahead because I have a dinner reservation a little bit. So. <laughs> Fine. Go. You stage your hour. Uh, I mean, hey, don't get mad at me. You were the one that was supposed to be here. I know. I'm sorry. Blame Dawkins and him being sick and losing like 30 pounds. Do you know all right? Yeah. Suppose we'll see. Uh, let's see. So let's make it, let's get back to peppiness. Let's do some mescaline and get this going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
let's see. Gonzo kind of, uh, he, once again, he disappears. Yeah, he's just like up and gets a flight out of nowhere. And uh, he, the next time we see him, he's getting on a plane. Doing the... Although I guess this isn't the first time he's, he's like left and just showed up on a plane. No, this is, this is the second time. This is what he does. Yeah. And uh, Duke delivers one of the classic lines about Gonzo where he says he's too rare to live or yeah, too rare to live too weird to, is it too weird to live or too rare to die? Right. Too weird to live or too rare to die. Yeah. Yeah. There he goes. One classic of line. Prototypes, a high powered mutant of some kind, never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live and too rare to die. There you go. Got it. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's that's kind of the end. There's some other random shit at the end, but um, yeah, just drops and drives away basically, and that's the end of the movie. Credits roll up the highway. Yeah, um, I mean, to the critics' point, is it kind of a rambling movie that just kind of is a series of things that happens with no real story arc. Sure. Yeah. 100%. Is it fucking entertaining? Absolutely. It it captured a weekend in Vegas perfectly. It's just a Um, rambling, it's just a rambling series of events. Sometimes. Yeah. Especially when, when you're on that many drugs. Yeah. And I, have you read the book? No, I want to, I read his, um, his book about the hell's angels. And that was really entertaining. Really Ooh. well done. Yeah. Cause he infiltrated the hell's angels for like three or four, five years, something like that. My dad has read the book and he raves about it. He says, it's absolutely hilarious. He says it's, it's funnier than the movie. The movie is pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Um, I have not read the book, so I don't, I can't speak to that, but uh, I, I love this movie. And like I said, yeah, it doesn't have a story arc. It doesn't have, you know, a, a typical three act structure. I don't even think it has a end. one. I don't think it has a one act structure. It just kind of starts and just goes. Yeah, like I said, it's it's kind of just like a bunch of stuff that happens. Yep. And it, you know, like maybe some people might feel that you have to be part of a, the drug culture to really appreciate it, but I'm not part of the drug culture. I don't do any kind of drugs. I drink. Uh but I'm, you know, I'm not out there doing psychedelics or anything like that, and I still enjoy the hell out of this movie. I mm-hmm. think it's hilarious. Um, it's Terry Gilliam. Yeah, it's. I mean, Terry Gilliam's going to do any, you know, funny. He does fun. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not a you know your typical movie where you're going to get super engaged in all the events that are happening, but just Johnny Depp being a weirdo is always entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um. And he's a fucking weirdo. And he's a fucking weirdo in this one. Benicio del Toro is great as Dr. Gonzo, although Nicolas Cage would would be so good. We have to make this happen somehow. Um Yeah, that's all I want in life now. I'm sorry. Holy shit, Terry Gilliam's doing a Time Bandits TV series. Really? Yeah, it just started filming. 
Mm-hmm. All right. I'm into I mean, it. Time bandits was awesome. Let's, let's keep it going. I don't know if there's a, like an underlying message in this movie. Don't do, you, yeah, don't do drugs that make you lose your fucking mind. That's the message. Is it though? Because at times it makes it seem really fun. I don't know. Like when you're seeing like liz- bloody lizards fucking in a Vegas bar, that you know, I'm I'm pretty risk averse. You know this, and um, yeah, that's not something I'm willing to like risk happening. I don't want to see that shit. No, and and you don't want to get into all of the trouble that they get into. No, you know with uh. You know, st- stealing hotel rooms. There's no better way to put that, but just, you know, staying yeah. in hotel rooms and leaving without paying. This is why they take credit cards now. Yeah. And as Char- you know, Chuck says, do drugs as long as you can handle it enough to function. Gonzo almost killing both of them. Multiple times. <laughs> and almost killing Lacerda. And Christina Ricci. Or Lucy. And Christina Ricci, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I I don't know if there's supposed to be a message here or not. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't bother looking deeply for one. It really feels like Hunter S. Thompson just did this. Like, he was just like, I'm just going to do a shitload of drugs and go to Vegas and then write a book about it. That's probably why he had his tape recorder to record things that happened when he blacked the fuck out. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. And Elijah Wood. Now I'm confused. Yeah, does he mean Tobey Maguire? You mean Tobey Maguire, Chucky? Uh, we're missing. Could be we're missing something. I feel like I would remember Elijah Wood. I don't think he I love Elijah him. Wood. Him and Daniel Radcliffe had great post, like major film series, like movies. Like I love. You did mean Tobey Maguire? You meant Tobey? Okay, okay. Same guy. <laughs> 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 close enough they both could have been spider-man um but yeah i i love this movie uh, it's it's so goddamn entertaining even if it's not something that's super engaging per se you know it's not dramatic it's not uh tense it's not uh anything like that but just from a purely entertainment standpoint it's funny it's it's happening visually just absolutely bonkers it's bonkers, yeah. It, they go. The, yeah, the special effects are great. They are um, for for nineteen ninety eight, especially. And like I said, it's you know if you've seen the backcountry video, obviously inspired by this, uh, the black hole sun video, while not inspired by this, it's a lot of the same kind of effects. Yeah, which is weird because they're they like four years apart. Yeah, black hole sun video was before this, right? Yeah, I think Black Hole Sun was '94, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, Soundgarden was was early '90s, so yeah. Black Hole Sun '94, boom, nailed it. Way to go! I know, I know my grunge. So, if you're into those like kind of psychedelic effects and uh, just weird, weird trippy visuals, this movie is absolutely a must-watch. Um, and if you just want to see Johnny Depp being a fucking weirdo. Absolutely. I strongly recommend this one. 
do it. And don't watch this, then leaving Las Vegas, and then not watch these watch those movies again for 20 years because they will <laughs> somehow meld in your mind. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know. But. In my mind, I should have probably done more drugs is what that's the <laughs> message of the movie. Do more drugs. That could have made it better or worse. Kind of depends on how your trip goes, I guess. Exactly. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with uh, Charles there that if this movie came out today, it would probably be much better received. It would be, um, and not just cause you know, Johnny Depp and Benicio, Cero, Benicio del Toro are much bigger stars, but just, uh, the, the culture of it has, has changed, you know? Yeah. It's not so blacklist now. Yeah. Um, cause marijuana I was still a gateway drug back then. That's true. Uh, this movie is currently available on Peacock. So if you're a Comcast subscriber, uh, you can get this one for free. So you got no no damn excuse. Go watch it. Have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, like I, I was going to rent it. Or, sorry, I was going to watch it on Peacock, but I couldn't download it because I don't have Peacock Premium Plus, which just seems redundant. But, um, so I went to rent it, I went to rent it on Google play and I was like, I should just buy it. Right. Yeah. I should just buy it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I did. I think it was six bucks on sale on Amazon. Why am I looking at my blank TV right now? trying to remember. Yeah. That's not going to help you. No, it's not. Um, I think I bought it for six bucks. Worth it. Absolutely yeah. worth it. It was rented for four or buy it for six. I bought it for six. So go watch this movie. Uh, let us know what you think. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook uh, at Colta Splat. You can also listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed our little retelling of it, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us five stars. Leave us a little review. Uh, say, you know, we can't stop here. This is bat country. Uh, say, uh, I saw two ladies fucking a polar bear. We, we didn't even mention that. But <laughs> Not now, man. Don't that. do this to me. Say we're going to need golf shoes to get through this muck. Say whatever you want. Um, but it would mean a lot to us if you left us a nice little review. Uh, it helps us get seen by more people. Helps Apple realize that they should put us in the new and noteworthy and uh yeah it helps the show grow so uh, until then like i said you can follow us all those places i said you can also follow me i'm at the taylor bartle on twitter and instagram kevin where do they follow you i am kevin escoda on the twitter and right now i'm going through a lot of political anger um so be aware and instagram uh is just nescoda d-u-h instead of d-a there you go uh, thank you very much for joining us for our first ever live show. I do wish that Kevin and I could have been uh, in the same room doing it, but hopefully you enjoyed this show. We hope to do some more of these in the future. So thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Well, tomorrow. we won't see you, but we'll, we'll hear us. We'll talk. You'll hear us tomorrow and next week and beyond until then. See ya. Bye.